Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the show. Today we have another Another really special episode for you guys. I, it just feels like we've been having special car reveal after special car reveal after special car reveal. I gotta do a, another React video. I'm kind of bored with those already. This car, though, is... Okay, we've been waiting for it for a while now, and I'm glad that it's finally out. But it also makes me kind of sad, because it, there's evidence of what it could have been. Meet Maserati's new supercar, the 2022 Maserati MC20. 621 horsepower and 0 to 60 in less than 2.8 seconds. First article here is courtesy of my friends over at Mopar Insiders. Then we'll probably jump over to Road and Track, and then we'll, we'll end off with some articles on car scoops. Let's begin. Maserati has been known as the premium Italian brand of the Fiat Chrysler Automobiles or FCA portfolio. Using engines from Ferrari, the brand has built some amazing road, road racing and production cars. But going into the future, the brand is looking to make its own new waves and in a big way. The premium brand has stated that it looks for a more electrified future with products like the 2021 Maserati Gibble Hybrid, something Dodge fans should pay attention to. It has also added even more performance-based models to its lineup with the Trofeo or Trophy lineup with its Levante, Quattroporte, and Gibble models. But today, the Trident brand has released details on its Halo car, which serves as a statement for the brand's future both on the street and on track with the all-new MC20. Power comes from the all-new Maserati-built mid-mounted twin-turbocharged 3-liter in the two-note or Neptune V6. It delivers 630 CV or about 621 horsepower at 7,500 RPM and 730 Newton meters or 538 pound-feet of torque from 3,000 RPM with a specific power output of 230 CV per liter or 207 horsepower per liter. The Natuno features twin spark plugs per cylinder, a dry sump, as well as uses both direct and indirect fuel injection systems. The new power plant is mated to an 8-speed automatic dual-clutch automatic transmission and powers the rear wheels using a mechanical limited-slip differential. The driver can opt for four traditional modes when behind the wheel of the MC20. Those include Wet, Sport, GT, and Corsa by using the Drive Mode Selector. A fifth mode, ESC Off, disables traction control completely and can make the MC20 a Hoonigan's dream. Each of, the mode each of the modes changes certain parameters of the car, such as steering feel, throttle sensitivity, you know, the typical stuff, and the MC20's adaptive suspension. Thanks to the double wishbone suspension with active shock absorbers, the car can be raised or lowered depending on the drive mode selected. Maserati claims a 0-62 mph time of 2.8 seconds and a top speed of 193 mph for the gasoline-powered MC20. The mid-engine MC20 comes into the lineup ready to take on the likes of, the, of Lamborghini, McLaren, and former sibling company Ferrari. The new Italian supercar measures 184 inches long, 77 inches wide, and 48 inches tall, and is bigger than the Lamborghini Huracan, and yet weighs 117 pounds less than the Raging Bull. That means the MC20 only weighs 3,306 pounds, or 1,500 kilograms. Thanks to a lightweight monocoque construction developed by Maserati and Dallara, and copious uses of carbon fiber. According to Maserati, its team spent more than 2,000 hours in Dallara's wind tunnel and more than 1,000 CFD or computational fluid dynamic simulations, dialing in the sleek looks of the MC20. The handsome looks of the MC20 are highlighted with swooping LED headlights, a huge Trident badge embedded in the grille, and, feature and features lots of swoops and divots without the aids of active aerodynamic components. 
Instead, the coupe uses a small integrated spoiler for downforce. Of course, the MC20 wouldn't be a supercar without a set of butterfly doors. Added carbon fiber. Added are some carbon fiber front sp well, is a carbon fiber front splitter, roof, and side sills also add to the performance look of the design. Horizontal LED tail lamps give the rear of the car a wider look. The dual exhaust comes out just underneath the license plate with a massive carbon fiber rear diffuser rounding out the rear of the vehicle. Inside, there are two 10-inch displays. One relays vehicle information to the driver, while the other acts as an infotainment system. The infotainment system software is similar to the new Uconnect 5 system, actually, but it has its own Maserati spin on things, called Maserati Connect. Full range of services include connected navigation, Alexa and Wi-Fi hotspot, and can also be managed through the Maserati Connect smartphone or smartwatch app. There will be six exterior colors available on the MC20. Those include Bianco Odas, I probably got that wrong, which is a bold white, Giallo Gino, probably got that wrong, or Genius Yellow, Rosa Vicente, Winning Red, Blue Infinito, Infinite Blue, Nero Enigma, Black Enigma, and Grigio Mistero, or Mystery Gray. Pricing for the all-new 2022 Maserati MC20 has yet to be announced. However, we do know that Maserati has expressed it, that it intends to build not just a coupe version, but a convertible version as well. Both will feature plug-in electric or FEV powertrains, as well as a battery electric BEV version as well. The all-new MC20 will be built at the Viale Ciro Monotti plant in Modena, Italy. The new production line created in the spaces where the Gran Turismo and Gran Cabrio models were assembled until November 2019 is now ready. The site also features a new paint shop incorporating innovative, environment-friendly environment technologies. The Natuno engines will also be built in Modena at the newly established Mas Maserati engine lab. Moving on to road and track, though, there's a, few, there's a few things that we need to note here immediately. One of which is that the top speed, or the claimed top speed, is not the same as on Mopar Insiders, which is a, a little bit strange, actually. Road and Track says that the MC20 will be able to reach over 202 miles per hour, whereas if you recall, Mopar Insider said 193 would be its top speed. So, I guess we'll have to wait till wait till we get to the Car and Scoops article, Car Scoops article, and see what they say. But now we can move on to the interior. That drive mode selector is the centerpiece of the interior, which, which is exclusively available in dark primary shades to limit reflections. Besides that selected, there are two screens and not much else in the minimalist, lightweight interior. Something you take note of that, we'll get back to that in a second. That complements the carbon fiber tub, previously mentioned, and this has also been pre previously mentioned, which is built by Delara, that underpins the MC20. Total curb weight is claimed total claimed curb weight is just 3,306 pounds, about 100 pounds more than the McLaren 570S, but nearly 300 pounds lighter than the rear-wheel drive Lamborghini Huracan Evo. If the V6 coupe doesn't grab you, note that it's not the only MC20 the company has planned. A Spider is on its way, featuring the same basic specs, but obviously with a drop top. More radically, however, the MC20 is set to become the first battery electric Maserati. I keep, want to say, I keep wanting to say batterly for some reason. The company says the BEV MC20 will go 0 to 60 in 2.8 seconds and go up to 236 miles on a charge, presumably in the easier European test cycle. But that's still pretty good, that's not bad. Those are some serious specs, and that's proof that Maserati is finally spending spending big to once again create the desirable, performant, powerful, attractive sports car that built the brand in the first place. 
Now let's get on to this article, because I expect the Car Scoops article will be more of the same. This one's just slightly different. Maserati MC20 previews new design language for the automaker. Maserati's all-new MC20 supercar is giving us our first glimpse on the brand's new design language. Following the MC20's global debut in Italy earlier this week, the company confirmed that the front fascia of the mid-engine supercar will serve as inspiration for future Maserati models. The face of the MC20, of the MC20 with the low-mounted grille and the headlights positioned much higher on the fascia, is our new design language. Maserati's design permanent boss Klaus Busse told Autoblog. Busse added that, the look of the MC20 takes inspiration from models of the past, including the iconic Ferrari Enzo-based MC20 from 15, MC12 sorry, from 15 years ago. A key commonality between future Maseratis will be the identifiable LED daytime running lights, as well as prominent front grilles. Busse did not, however, state how the radical new design of the MC20's rear end will inspire other Maseratis down the road. If it's not just the design that makes the MC20 exciting, right behind the cabin is an all-new... Okay, well, they're talking about the engine, so we can uh, skip over that. Okay, apparently, even car scoops are saying that this thing will max out at 202... Or over 202 miles per hour. So I guess that's more likely than not the top speed. Somewhere north of 200. And now, finally, the actual... Well, the second-to-last. The second-to-last car scoops article. Following a lengthy teaser campaign, although not as lengthy as the Dodge Demons teaser campaign, if any of you remember that, and a coronavirus-related delay, Maserati has finally taken the wraps off the all-new MC20. Built as a super sports car that is the natural evolution of the Ferrari-based MC12, the MC20 promises to mark the beginning of a new era for Maserati. And then they talk about the engine, so we can skip over that a bit. The engine is connected to an 8-speed dual clutch transmission which sends power to the rear wheels via a limited slip differential. This enables the car to accelerate from 0 to 60. Oh wait, we've already talked about that, so we can just skip it. Okay, the electric MC20 should have a top speed of 193, and will hit 0 to 60 in 2.8. Okay, I see. Alright, alright, alright. On the styling front, the MC20 has a wide grille and a prominent splitter. Designers also installed LED headlights and vents which presumably help to generate downforce. Further back, there are aerodynamic side skirts and butterfly doors, which promise to improve entry and egress. There are also recessed door handles, a flowing roof, and 20-inch wheels that are backed up by ventilated discs, ventilated discs which measure 15 inches or 380 millimeters up front, and 13.8 inches or 30, 350 millimeters in the rear. Customers can also opt for carbon ceramic discs, which are 0.4 inches or 10 millimeters larger front and back. The rear is probably the car's best angle as it reveals wide hips and a sporty dual exhaust system that resides above a large diffuser. The model also has a ventilated fascia, LED taillights, and a rear window with a trident motif. Maserati says the car's design and aerodynamics were perfected thanks to more than a thousand computer simulations and over 2,000 man-hours in the Delara wind tunnel. The company calls the end result sleek and unfussy with a drag coefficient of less than 0.38. Now, what's quite interesting about that is, if I remember correctly, the normal Gen 5 Viper had a drag coefficient of 0.365. So, if the MC if the MC20 really makes some downforce, then I'd expect the drag coefficient to be somewhere between 0.34, well, 0.34 and 0.36. Because they're saying, well, it has less than, you know, its drag coefficient is less than 0.38, but how much below 0.38 is the real question. And so then they're also talking about how there will be a convertible model, and then that's pretty much it. So, why, why did I say that the minimalist interior was an important thing to note? So, here is the, here's the dirty truth, let's put it, of the MC20. 
If you remember a while ago from the last FCA five-year plan, they were talking about how Alfa Romeo would get a would get a new mid-engine supercar and the GTV. Now I don't remember what they were tentatively calling that supercar. I thought it was gonna be like the what the Type 33 Tipo, right? Like a modern Type 33 Tipo. That's what a lot of people were expecting that mid-engine supercar to be or to sort of look like. And it's important, and so the reason why it's important to take note of the minimalist interior is, especially when you look at the steering wheel. Now, hey, maybe Maserati eventually down the road will go to a steering wheel across across the rest of their cars that look like this, but the airbag cover specifically looks exactly like the one, except with a Maserati badge that's on pretty much every single Alfa Romeo model right now. That means the Julia, well, except for the 4C, but that means the Julia and the Stelvio. It looks exactly like that, and even the wheel shape itself, including the spokes, look very, very similar to those cars. And it's weird that it's weird to think that a Maserati has a Spartan interior. Now the MC12 had a Spartan interior, but much like this car, that wasn't even a proper Maserati. That was just an Enzo in Maserati drab. And this MC this MC20 is a similar deal. It's it's effectively and originally it was an Alfa Romeo that's been restyled to be a Maserati now. And when you look at the interior, it looks it looks more like it would be a an Alfa Romeo interior. So kind of Spartan, kind of minimalist. A better way of putting it is to think about the Alfa Romeo 4C with that interior. So think of that interior just modernized with a few more screens and then scaled up to a bigger vehicle. That's what the MC20 interior looks like. And that's why I have a hard time believing that Maserati, if it, up to their own devices, really would have made an interior like this. For this kind of car, it would make sense. But I can't help but get the idea, I can't help but feel like Maserati would have made their interior slightly more luxuri luxurious. I mean, the interior is completely black with a few carbon fiber with a few carbon fiber bits around, which I love, but doesn't, doesn't shout Maserati to me. Maserati, to me, would have made an interior more similar to the new McLaren GT. Not quite that Grand Tourish, because this isn't a Grand Tour car, but with a few more tan leather tan leather accents and tan leather bits in the interior. What I'm trying to say is it wouldn't, I can't help but feel like it wouldn't have looked as Spartan or as racy as this. For Alfa Romeo, it would absolutely make sense, but Maserati, I feel like with Maserati, it would have been a tad more luxurious than this. I'm not saying it's bad, it looks great, it's just, it, it's bittersweet for me. Because I was hoping for Alfa Romeo to get that supercar. I was hoping for them to get that modern Type 33 revival car. Because it's right up their alley and Alfa needs the product. And Alfa for a while was being billed sort of as the revitalization brand of FCA. Because the chassis that was going to go, that was underpinning, or the platitecture, if we uh, are going to speak accurately from what I was talking about last week. That the platitecture, the, the Giorgio platitecture was going to underpin a lot of other FCA models, including the next generation LX cars. And for those of you who don't know, that's the chassis codes for the 300, the Charger, and the Challenger. The chassis, the platitecture that's under the Giorgio, or the chassis in simple terms, was going to underpin the, the next generation of those cars. And it didn't. And then we had the Alfa Romeo Tonal or Toenail <laughs> uh, concept from a while ago. And now we've got news of the Maserati Grisal which is a, a vehicle that slots below the, the Levante. Now, I know the Levante is bigger than the Stelvio, so the Stelvio, whether it genuinely slots below in terms of the segment, genu whether it genuinely slots below the Levante, I don't know, but 
I saw the Grisal and I immediately thought, oh, they shelved the Tonal for Alfa Romeo and are pushing it onto Maserati now. And so it's this car and especially the interior is bittersweet to me because it looks great, but it should have been an Alpha. And Alpha needed this product. And Alpha was being given love. They were they were being touted as the brand that was going to get a lot of product for a while now. And they were going to get reborn and fixed. And now we haven't seen that much as of late. And now it's Maserati. And it just seems like it seems to me that the bean counters or, or the upper management at FCA, they keep trying to revitalize a brand with maybe two products, two new products, it doesn't go well, and then they neglect that brand and then try and fix a new brand. And so it just, uh, I'm not seeing any long-term, I'm not seeing any long-term determination to fix a variety of these brands, but just short-term, short-term swaps to brand to brand to brand to try and find one that sticks. It's like they're trying to find that next Jeep and Ram. You know, a third brand that they can hinge all their hopes on rather than trying to strengthen all the brands that they currently have. And that's what sucks to me. That's what sucks big time. But, let, but let's talk about the looks outside of the interior, which again, looks fine. It's just bittersweet for me. I like it a lot, actually. To me, I, again, I think this still would have looked better as an Alpha. Because as a Maserati, to me, it's it's kind of too small, actually. It's it, it looks like a big brother to the 4C, actually. Like a 6C, if you will. That's what they were calling it. And so... To, for it to be a Maserati, I would have expected something more akin to a LaFerrari or the old M MC12. And so this looks more like the looks more like a modern, a spiritual successor to the Maserati Merak. That's what I think when I see the MC12. I don't think as I don't think of it as a modern, as a spiritual successor to the MC20 because it looks too small to me. I think of it as oh hey look a new Maserati Merak. That's cool. And so it kind of works in that regard. It's just. I guess to that end, it's being marketed kind of incorrectly, in my opinion. So while I do think it would have looked better as an Alpha, and again, should have been an Alpha, it still looks fantastic even in Maserati, in, even in a Maserati suit. I mean, I like the grill, the headlights. The DRL shape to me is kind of boring. It's really simple. I like the grill, though. To me, it's kind of classic Maserati, especially with the Trident. I kind of wish they made a flow Trident, though, just to get a little bit more airflow, and that would have been kind of cool, but... Whatever, I'm not that hung up about it. The rear end, I think they're kind of right. That is the best view of this car. The, the tail lights are kind of hard to explain, but they're they're sort of triangular shape. So think of the Gen 5 Viper tail lights. Invert them and then make them a lot sleeker. And then have the flat portion, which would be facing the top of the ducktail spoiler if it's inverted, have that flat portion not connect to the bottom portion of the LED. So that it's just a flat straight line and then the bottom portion is its own thing. And that's a very, very rough idea of what Maserati has done with the MC20. I don't I don't dislike it though. I kinda like it. Again, it's it's kind of simplistic for my liking, but I don't hate it. I actually really do like this car. I really do like the design, even if it should have been an alpha, as I keep saying. But I think it'll work fine as a Maserati. It looks gorgeous. It's this is an Italian supercar. This is really an Italian supercar, and I and again, I think it really works. It's just, it's so bitter for me. I just can't get out of my, it should have been an Alpha. It should have been an Alpha. It should have been an Alpha. It, and and that, that thought just spoils it for me. It's hard for me to say that I like it as a Maserati because I, I do believe it would have been better in its original Alpha guise, but I need to be as objective as I can about this, about this subjective matter. And ultimately ultimately it is a beautiful car though 
it is a beautiful Maserati. It really is. The headlight shape is okay. The DRL, I mean, I kind of like it. I think it would have been better as a horizontal rather than a vertical headlight, but that's just me. The wheels I quite like, but once again, they kind of reek of 4C and Alfa Romeo as I keep laboring, sadly. I'm kind of excited for the engine, though. I'm really excited to hear to hear it and see how it performs. I like the servicing. I like the curves. It's got it's got a kind of a Lotus Elise style Coke bottle, so it's not just it's got the hunch on the front and then a straight line to the back, sort of like the Huracan has. It's got the Coke bottle where it dips in the middle, and I I love that so much. So again, to me, this is this is definitely a really dynamic and athletic looking mid-engine Italian supercar. It's just that to me, it's not. It doesn't have the grandeur that a Maserati supercar should have, like the MC20. Or sorry, like the MC12. And it's more... It's it's tighter, it's neater, it's... It's more for... Visually to me, it's meant to be more of a pure sports car than a showboating machine, like a Maserati kind of is. Which, again, is an alpha motif to me. So, it again, it looks great. It's just, it's not as extreme, it's not as epic. It doesn't have the theater... It doesn't have enough theater that a Maserati should have, but it ha but it's perfectly compact enough to be an Alpha, and that's why I, I just I keep flip flopping because it's it's compact as an Alpha should be, even if it's slightly bigger than a four C or a bit bigger than a four C. It's like a massive it's like a massive four C, which works. But I just it, it's something's not clicking for me. It's not grand enough to be a Maserati. But with that said, it's pu the pure design itself is beautiful. It looks great. I really do like it. It's just, I'm... It, it'll, I think it'll take some time for me to really get clearer thoughts with this car and for me to kind of come to terms with what's happened with it, you know, between it being an Alpha and it now being a Maserati and it not looking grand enough to me. But perhaps the white color is just not doing it justice because I saw a blue one and it's so much better. They should have unveiled it in blue. That would have been the best thing they could have done. But either way, in any case... I think Maserati did the they made the best of what they had because if as far as I as far as I've read the car this car anyway was very nearly finished as far as development so it was kind of a late change so considering that I think they made the best of it with with that in mind it's they've done a really darn good job hats off to Klaus and his team I love it it's it's bittersweet but I think I'll I'll, I'll come to accept it eventually and love it it just needs a bigger ducktail ducktail spoiler to me. <laughs> That's what it needs. Or maybe uh, cuz I cuz I I just think back to the MC12 and how it had how it had that Daytona-esque, that wide pillared wing. And I look at this MC this MC20 and I'm like it needs a low level version of that. That's the only thing. That's the last thing it would need. Then it would be perfect. But anyway, what do you guys think of the MC20? Do you think it should have still been an Alpha or do you think Maserati could have just changed the design a little bit to make it more them i hope you enjoyed this episode please like the episode share the episode and follow the podcast if you're watching on youtube then please like comment share and subscribe hitting the little notification bell and then all notifications that way you'll be notified every time i upload if you want to watch this or listen to this podcast on the road rather but don't have or want the podme mobile app well then just boot up well i say boot up spotify boot up wherever you listen to podcasts to type in cody's car conundrum and then choose the episode you want to listen to before you set off of course i hope you enjoyed i'll see you all next time You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. 
If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.